This is Ashley, and this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I want to talk about how to prepare your life for career changes or how to prepare your career for lifestyle changes that are happening to you. I think that one of the things that I often see among the women that I serve or women that are interested in working with me is that you know, Ashley, I'm caring for an aging parent and I don't know how to prioritize my career. Or Ashley, I'm planning to get married and I'm not sure how, if I should job search before the wedding or after the wedding. Or Ashley, I'm thinking about home ownership and I'm not sure how to invest in my career development when I'm supposed to be saving for this down payment. So I kind of wanted to walk you through a couple of strategies around how to prepare your career for lifestyle changes. So for example, if you're preparing for home ownership, financial stability and low debt to income ratio are key to loan officers. So consider leveraging your 401k for the down payment. When a loan officer told my husband and I that this was a strategy that he and his wife used to prepare for home ownership, it was a game changer for us. You know, I think that before I was a homeowner, I just thought that there's no way I'm just going to have, you know, $50,000 in liquid cash to just put towards this down payment. It felt so unattainable to me. But once I, I... understood that I could leverage my 401k to, you know, prepare our down payment without penalty and just pay myself back. It was a really a game changer in my ability to prepare for homeownership. Or maybe you're rebounding from a divorce. I think that this is something that for many women can set them and their careers back. It can be so destabilizing to walk away or to be asked to walk away from a marriage or a partnership. And so one of the things I invite you to consider is how you can leverage your employer's employee assistant program for emotional support. You also might be able to be supported financially through assets with the 403 or other financial resources that your employer might have. Or let's say you are preparing for pregnancy. I think it's important that you know your rights. A lot of women work with me, they're like, Ashley, you know, I'm pregnant right now and I'm job searching or I'm planning to get pregnant. Do I need to disclose or, you know, let the potential employer know? And the answer is no, not at all. It's actually illegal for employers to discriminate against you due to pregnancy. And you have no responsibility to disclose your pregnancy status to any employer or potential employer. So, you know, it's important that when we're thinking about our lives and we're thinking about our careers, we're not leaning into myths or limiting beliefs that would have us think that we can't advance in our careers while life is happening. If you need support in navigating life's challenges or changes as you advance your career, I'm accepting new mentees. You can connect with me right on my website at mentor-me.org to learn more about how you can work with me. And I digress this week. I'm excited to invite a guest. This week, we have Latasha Walker, CEO and founder of La Monet Aesthetics, a health and beauty company offering clients the most advanced medical aesthetic treatments from Botox to body contouring with a mission to educate their clients about skin health and promote wellness, which enables their clients to look and feel absolutely their best. Latasha, I'm so thrilled to welcome you to School and Life Podcast. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Yes, I'm so thrilled for you to share your expertise with our audience. I love when women own businesses that reflect who they are and how they show up in the world. And when I tell you your face is clear and snatched for the gods, <laughs> it's it's clear to me that you know what you're doing just by how you look and feel. So I'm excited to you. have you share your expertise with this audience. So yes. Latasha, talk with me about the range of services that La Monet offers and how a potential client might <laughs> identify that she even needs your services and support. 
Okay. So I specialize in medical grade skincare. So everything from laser, microneedling, chemical peels, radiofrequency microneedling. And then I also do injectables, all the fun stuff, Botox, filler, also some body contouring, threat lifting. So all the really great things that usually we see Hollywood getting that are very attainable for us nowadays. And it's not taboo to get these things anymore. And it's not as taboo in the black community. And one of the things that I do stress is that black does crack. It just takes longer for us, but there are things that we can do in the meantime that are preventative to help us maintain, you know, nice, healthy, glowing skin. I love that. I love that you're busting down some of those myths. So like if I'm a woman in the world, I'm just out living my life. How could I assess that I might benefit from some of these medical aesthetic treatments? Like, is there like, is there a quiz? You know, should I, you know, should I come in for like a consultation, like at a certain age? Like, how do I assess if like Botox is like where I need to be going or laser treatment is what I need to be like investing into? Can you talk about some of the reasons why, you know, women in particular come to you or some of the the triggers, if you will, that might make a woman say, I need to consider medical aesthetics. Right. So that's one of the things that I'm really trying to hone in on in my messaging. That's one thing I'm learning to do is to deliver my message more clear to let people know like, Hey, that might be something I need. So one of the videos that I did recently was a video informing people. And I knew they were going to be mad, but just making them aware that, Hey, at age 25, 25, we start to lose collagen in our face. Right. So that's when we need to start doing those preventative treatments. And then just, you know, talking about my own skincare journey. I got into this business because I am 40, blah, blah, blah. But at my mid thirties, I saw my skin changing and I was like, hold up. What is this? Went to a dermatologist, saw different people. Not a lot of them had treatments that were appropriate for skin of color. So that made me, you know, do my research and find out you know, well, what's out there. And then I said, well, I can do a lot of these things and I'm a nurse, so I can educate and I love educating. So that's what brought me to this career. One of the main things that actually drives people to my business is like you said, they see my face and they're like, she's black. Her skin looks great. I'm going to her. Right. So that's a common theme when people come in, they're like, I see you. Oh, yeah. I'm going to look like you. And I appreciate that so much. Cause I, I incorporate everything I do in my practice. I do it myself first. I have a video from last summer where I looked crazy doing this new ablative treatment. I said, but I'm doing this for y'all so y'all can see the process and y'all can see the results. So, but I always encourage everybody to come in for a consultation and we just talk. What's your concern? What's bothering you? What are you thinking? You know, what's going on with your life? Because a lot of that plays a part in it too. You know, around 30, we kind of revert back to being a teenager with these breakouts. We're like, what is going on? Some people didn't even have acne in their teens. And they're in their 30s, 35, 36, and they're breaking out. So just educating them that it's hormonal, these things are happening. Now we need to change the skincare routine because you can't use the Neutrogena you've been using. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. So thanks for walking us through that. You know, this idea that, you know, this is not like a, you know, old woman problem. And I'm using air quotes here since you all can't see us, right? Like this is, this is not an old woman problem. Like this is, you're starting to lose collagen and maybe tightness in your skin in your mid twenties. And and so being thoughtful about how you're prioritizing your skincare and considering medical aesthetics even earlier than you might think you need to is a, is a recommended strategy. So, you know, I have an audience of primarily black Black women. And you talked about some of earlier the misconceptions that maybe Black women have around medical aesthetics. Can you dive a little bit more deeply into some of the common misconceptions that Black women might have and, and some of the data and proof that you've seen as a professional that kind of dispels some of those myths? 
Right. So probably my, the biggest one is black don't crack, you know, while melanin does protect us and protect us from the sun and our skin degrading and wrinkles and things like that at an earlier age than Caucasians, we may experience and see those lines later in life, you know, over 50, some in forties, it depends. Cause a lot of it is hereditary and, you know, just knowing your lineage And if you have anybody Caucasian in your family somewhere, you may have more lax skin earlier than someone else who has that thicker skin. So your gene pool plays a big role in that. Just because you're Black doesn't mean you don't have somebody else that's Caucasian or Italian in your lineage. So that's going to make a difference on when you need treatment sooner than others. And one of my biggest ones, and I get on all my clients, is SPF. Um, you know, growing up as kids, we didn't put it, we were outside all day. We went to the beach. We, we, that's suntan lotion. We don't need that. We didn't put it on. We didn't realize that we do. I actually did a presentation on debunking myths and treatments for skin of color. And one of the things that I brought up was a statistic that the melanin in African-American skin or skin of color, sorry, equates to about an SPF 13. We should be wearing SPF 40 and above. So that 13 to 40, we, we got to get. So it's about 10 minutes in the sun of protection. It's not, it's not a lot. So we still need to wear SPF to protect our skin from those UV rays. We're in front of the computer screens, our phones, that blue light studies are coming out that it actually does is causing skin damage because we're in front of it way more than we ever were before. So just pre- talking to clients and letting them know, like this is preventative, start putting it on your kids. You need to reapply every two hours. So if you're in direct sun, not just that one time when y'all get to the beach, you need to reapply every two hours because that protection is gone. And so that's been probably one of the biggest things. We were like, what? I need to wear SPF. And then finding the appropriate one that doesn't have us looking cakey and white with that cast on. So, you know, I, I love that because people, it just blows their mind. Yeah. I'd never heard the idea that melanin protects you at like a SPF 13, but where, where you need to be is 40. Right. And I think that that piece of data is like, you know, this is the gap girl. And this is why you need sunscreen on your face, on your arms, on your body, you know, like it needs to be added. And you, like you said, you know, finding the right SPF that, you know, doesn't give you like that white cast or is it super greasy or has you ashy, right? Like all of those aesthetic things. that matter to Black folk, you know, we want to make sure that we can still take care of ourselves while honoring those aesthetics. So that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. So I know that skincare is so personal. For the woman who wants to prioritize her skincare, where should she start, right? Should she start with products? Should she start with, you know, a peel? Should she start with laser treatments or Botox? Like where, where does can you like kind of walk us through a framework of where someone might start if they want to prioritize healthy skin? Right. So again, I usually have my clients come in for a consultation and it really just depends on their skincare concerns. I'm always going to introduce some type of treatment first, whether that's laser, a chemical peel, microneedling. A lot of it depends on the client and their downtime. Some people can afford the downtime of a chemical peel of, you know, peeling for three days. And they're like, that's fine. I can plan it accordingly that it falls on the weekend. So day three through five, when I'm heavy peeling, I'm in the house. And some people don't care. I feel like we're in an age now where people are walking around peeling and it's it's not taboo. It's like, oh, you get chemical peel. We know what's on the other side of that chemical peel. So we don't look at them crazy. So it depends on the client what they can afford for downtime is probably my major concern and what I start them with first. And then just addressing their concerns, whether it's acne, whether they have lots of hyperpigmentation, whether they have PIH, PCOS, those things play a role into what treatment I'm going to recommend to them. And then after that, obviously always, always, always going through their current 
at-home skincare regimen and going through the products that they use. I do prefer medical grade skincare because the molecular size is smaller, it can penetrate the skin better, and the concentration of the ingredients are at a higher rate, and they just work better and faster for people to get results. But with that being said, I keep in mind people's budget. So I don't ex expect you to come in and buy $700 worth of a whole product line. I will give recommendations on some over-the-counter products that I feel are good and will suggest if you're going to start, at least start with these two products. Because what I do with you, you know, when you come to the spa, a lot of it depends on what you're doing at home as well. Just like when you go to the gym, you can have a trainer, but if you're going home and not eating right, you know, so it's the same comparison, but definitely skincare and a treatment. Yeah, I love that. And I love your comparison to the trainer too, right? Like, so you as a professional, like a trainer are going to, you know, you know, recommend certain treatments, you know, recommend, you know, how to the leverage the treatments thinking about, you know, their, what the, the history of what they've been doing with their skin, but then you're also going to recommend an at-home care, right? With the yes. products that they're using, recommending medical grade products, you know, so that they can be consistent, right? About that kind of care and that routine. So the last question I have for you is around body contouring and some of the, the, the body work that you do with your clients. How do you sort of talk to and assess your client's desire for those kinds of products while honoring, you know, different body types, not body shaming, not leaning into fat phobia? Like, how do you, what kind of conversations, if you will, are you having with, you know, potential clients who are interested in those services to kind of, you know, find harmony between honoring the body that they have and maybe the body that they're desiring through intervention. Right. So I'm very transparent. And this is just kind of where my bedside nursing education kind of comes in because I remind clients, I am a nurse. So don't take this as coming from an esthetician or somebody that's non-medical professional, right? So they understand that. So when I'm more transparent and maybe aggressive with them, they appreciate it because I'm coming from a medical standpoint, right? So I hold my clients very accountable. On day one, when they come in for a consult, I give them realistic expectations, right? Because oftentimes they'll look at my page and see people's before and afters and they'll want what that person has. And I'll remind them, look at their before. Are you starting where they're starting? So let's be realistic, right? And this person had this many treatments. You may need four times the amount. With that being said, are you changing your diet? Are you drinking water? Are you active? You know, a lot of those things play a part in it. And active, I think, gets a misconception misconception because I had actually a conversation with the client last night. And she says, well, I'm not active. And I want, you know, she wanted to be a model for one of my treatments. I said, well, you work every day. She works at a daycare. I'm like, you're active. You have a, check your, your steps. You know, you're doing like 15, 20,000 steps. That's active. So that doesn't mean you're out walking and running and going to the gym five days a week. You're just moving, you know? So I'm realistic with my clients. I give them my clear plan for them and what I think, because everybody's is going to be different. If they say they can do that, they can do that. But they have that. I gave them the knowledge in the beginning. So halfway through, if they're not getting the results, because I take before and after pictures at every session. So I can see, I can tell if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing on your end. So they know, and some of them will come in, well, I had a bad week last week and can we add on a session? I'm like, mm -hmm, no problem. Because I had that conversation in the beginning and they know. I'm like, so we had an ice cream problem, right? We were eating ice cream five nights a week. What are we down to now? Well, it's down to three. I said, okay. Then we switched the type, you know? So I had that conversation and I don't think anybody's ever been offended. You know, I, I, I'm just honest with them, you know? 
I'm like, if we yeah. can have this conversation and you be real with me, I'd be real with you. We're good. Because I want you to get the results, but let's be realistic. Sure. I love that. It, I saw a meme on your Instagram where it was like, you know, when your client is so pleased with their results after appointment one, they don't come back so I can get the, the aftershot. It was so funny. Like your clients walk away like, oh, baby, I'm good to go. I don't need I, to go back. I, <laughs> I need my picture. <laughs> I need to show the people the proof. Hey, come, come on back. I love that. I love that. So Latasha, tell my listeners where they can learn more about you and your work. How can they get connected with you? How can you be their service provider? How how can they stay aligned with the recommendations that you're offering here today? Yeah. So I'm located right outside of Philadelphia in Bremer, PA on Villanova's campus, Villanova University. You can find me on Instagram at La Monet Aesthetics. You can find me on Facebook at La Monet Aesthetics. My email is info at lamoneaesthetics.com. And come check me out. Check out my Instagram. I'm always offering great tips and advice for people. Even if you're not, you know, near me, find a provider. I can give you really great suggestions. DM me. I'm always open. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm packing up the car. I'm coming in for a treatment. I need need that level of accountability and sternness from a medical professional. So I love that. And you'll see me in your chair soon. Thank you so much for joining us on my podcast. So happy to have you here. (laughs) It was so great to have Latasha on. So thrilled that she shared her expertise and make sure that you all reach out to her using the information in the description box so that you can make sure that your medical aesthetic plan is in place. We're going to wrap up this week's episode with TVT. And this week, I'm so sad to talk about the season finale of a new Amsterdam or actually the entire season. This NBC show had, I think, five seasons. It's a medical drama and it follows some of the real life, I guess, experiences of a medical director at a large hospital in the Northeast. I really, really love this show. It it just brought so much humanity um, and so much compassion to medicine and and bedside manner, like you talked about, Latasha. And so I couldn't miss the opportunity to talk about the show. Ryan Eagle played Dr. Max Goodwin and his shenanigans and life with his wife and her passing and her dating, him dating Dr. Helen Sharp and they're planning a wedding and Dr. Floyd and his off again, on again, threesome situation. I mean, it was just wild. Latasha, did you watch New Amsterdam? I love, love, love New Amsterdam. Okay. First of all, I have been following the character Max since he was on a show that I used to watch The Blacklist. Ah, yes. I love his character. Anything he's in, I watch. I am behind a season, apparently. I don't know what <laughs> happened. Being an entrepreneur, I don't really get to watch TV too much. But I'm excited because the last season before this season finale, this series finale left me stumped. I think I was, I, th- I probably was crying. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, this last, I won't spoil it for you or any of our it's listeners. Fine. I'm going to watch it anyway. Don't bad. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, I mean, the... The the last season was so good. So many good stories. You know, I loved Floyd's, you know, the trajectory with his father and Dr. Lauren Bloom and what was going on with her sister and the, and the addiction. I mean, I just, yeah. I felt like this show, like often when you have an ensemble cast and things like that, you know, everybody got their own story. It's just unruly. Like you're like, I wait, they jumped the shark and like, what's going on? 
Like you really cannot keep up. But I just felt like these stories for like an ensemble cast were so deep and so heartfelt. I just felt like they did a really good job with them. I'm just so impressed with the show. And I hate, I'm going to go, I go on this rant every single episode, but the fact that these shows, NBC, ABC, CBS, they keep giving me five seasons. Where are the 20, you know, the 10, 20, 30? No more. ER and Grey's Anatomy, them days is done. I'm over it. Give me seven seasons. Y'all can't give me 10 seasons. Y'all can't give me 15 seasons. Like, why is this amazing show that I know had good ratings? Only five freaking seasons. Yeah. Give me more. I don't know. Give me more. I'm disappointed, but it was such a good show. If you've never watched, this is so binge worthy, so easy to binge. And you'll see some familiar faces. I'm definitely hoping that these actors, I've seen them in other places, excited to watch them, excited to watch them in other places, excited to to see just their development and growth as actors. Just some really top-notch work here. So excited to. Because Dr. Helen Sharp had me thinking about getting locks because she is gorgeous. I was like, oh oh my gosh. I mean, just- the the acting the the trajectory of the show the talent and I would be remiss if I did not just shout out my boy Dr Iggy Frome love him his his internal trauma like I feel like that's every therapist like I every therapist and I know therapists are gonna give me a bad rap for this but like every therapist has this internal turmoil that they're not telling their clients about and I just think it was beautiful to see beautiful to watch on the social. Oh, I'm see now you're gonna have to make me. I'm gonna have to binge watch the show because I'm like I missed the whole season. Yes, this weekend. This is weekend. Carve out the time. Carve out the time. <laughs> I gotta figure it out. Okay. Yes, yes. I love that. I love it. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of School and Life. If you have not already dropped this, this podcast episode in your group chat or shared it in a text message to a friend, make sure you do that. As a reminder, we'll have new episodes all month in March and April, so make sure you check out every single week. School's out. Class dismissed.